Yep. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we do just uh, praise you. We adore you. We thank you for who you are. And Lord, today we are so grateful because we know the truth. We know that darkness cannot win. Jesus has conquered the grave. The mountains have been moved. The stone has been rolled. And Lord, we stand. We stand in this generation in that truth. So Father, we ask today, fill this room with that presence of your powerful spirit. Help us to receive all that it means to believe that, to know that. Help us to stand in this generation, to be people, to make an impact for the kingdom of heaven. And Lord, when we face the opposition, when we face the challenge, give us the courage. Surround us with that spirit of yours that we can persevere, all for the glory of Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's go and have a seat this morning. They were awesome good, huh, this morning? Yeah, I like it when they're awesome good. Well, hey, uh, we are starting a new series this morning, and uh, you've been hearing about it. It's called uh, Avengers of the First Century, and uh, you're probably familiar with a lot of the uh, Avengers, the superheroes of, you know, the, the silver screen there and the comic books and all that stuff. And uh, I found out there's one, one great movie that's got like, like four or five of them all in one. So you're, if you're into the Cliff Notes version, just go, go get that one at the Red Box for a buck, and you can get right in with the series, okay? Because we're going all the characters we're going to talk about are in that in that in that one movie there, um, but we're going to look at uh, you know not just the superheroes uh, of the Marvel series, but uh, really to try to understand um, what made those folks of the first century that that, that we kind of look at as superheroes, what well, what made them so incredible, and that's really an awesome question. What made them so incredible? And uh, so today, we're going to look at the Apostle Peter, and uh, when you look at the Apostle Peter, I mean, there's, there's, I think, a natural affinity to think about uh, Iron Man. So everybody's seen the movie, Iron Man? You with me on that? So I don't have to do a lot of background there? Okay, and let's see, oh, Iron Man, I've seen number one, number two, number three, right? I hope to appear in number four, yeah. Um, we hope you do too, tithe on it. Uh, and uh, anyway... Uh, but Peter is like just, I mean, it's like the parallel is, is pretty incredible. I mean, in the movie, uh, you know, you've got uh, Tony Stark, right? It's like, like two people, right? There's Tony Stark, who is this kind of, you know, bold, self-centered, playboy, arrogant guy who's just, you know, really smart and, you know, just ready to try almost anything, right? I mean, he just, and then, you know, he becomes and transitions uh, into this incredible superhero, uh, Iron Man, who, who ends up, you know, standing for good and defeating the powers of darkness, right? Pretty good summary. Yet this incredible transition of this, this kind of, you know, arrogant guy, a bold and arrogant guy, who, who makes this transition to become this incredibly powerful superhero uh, to, you know, squelch the forces uh, of darkness. Well, when you think about the Apostle Peter, uh, it's, it's interesting. There's some parallels. Now, be careful here. I'm not saying Peter was a playboy. Uh, that's not where we're going on this one, right? But if you look at Peter and you look in, the, in the, his experiences, especially with Jesus, 
you see some parallels and some things going on there. So, for instance, I mean, we can see that Peter was equally kind of a bold guy. I mean, just in who he was. He, he was kind of a bold guy, so ready to, to, to step out and try anything, right? And so, you know, Jesus is walking on the water, and, and they see him, and, and uh, you know, Peter is the guy that says, Lord, if it's you, just bid me come, and, and I'm there, right? And Jesus says, come, and what's Peter do? He just kind of boldly just kind of steps right out there, just takes the risk, just goes for it, boldly steps out there and starts walking on the water, right? He's equally uh, outspoken. Uh, if you go into scriptures, you know, you get the experience where, you know, he, he does this great thing, and we'll see it in a minute, where he talks, says, Jesus, you're the Messiah. And then right after that, Jesus starts explaining about what it means to be Messiah and how he's going to have to go to Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested, and how he's going to be killed. And, and Peter is this outspoken guy that gets in Jesus' face and says, no, Lord, you got that wrong. Right? Let, let me fix you on this one. Let me correct you on this one. You, you got that wrong. He's just kind of outspoken, uh, even getting in Jesus' face there. And he's brash. Uh, you know, you get to that time where Jesus is saying, look, it's almost here. Almost time for me to fulfill my purpose, and, and I'm going to be arrested, and, and uh, you're going to fall away. You're all going to fall away. And Jesus just... Or uh, Peter just kind of brashly says, Lord, look, all those other guys, I mean, all those other guys, they may fall away, but me, no way, Lord. All the other guys, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that they'd be leakers and fall away, but me, oh, no way, I won't. Kind of brash, don't you think? Kind of full of himself a little bit there, right? And equally, Peter is one that we see, he just kind of acts, you know, he just, he just takes an action before really thinking it through in a lot of ways, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane and, you know, the chief priests, uh, soldiers come to arrest Jesus and, you know, it, obviously it wasn't a couple guys in plain clothes that came to arrest Jesus. It was a whole, you know, entourage of heavily armed men who come to arrest Jesus and, and what does Peter do? He just grabs his sword and whacks off the ear of the high priest's servant, you know, and like somehow this one fisherman with a sword is going to defeat this whole complement of trained, skilled uh, soldiers of the high priest. You know, I mean, just not really kind of thinking that one through, do you, right? But that seems to be Peter. I mean, that just seems to be uh, who the guy is. And, and what's good about that for us is we probably find ourselves on that list a few times. I mean, if, if nothing else in the act, before you think category. I mean, Peter is really human, filled with flaws. He is one of us. He's one of us. He's a regular guy. He comes from Bethesda. He lived at Capernaum. Uh, he was married. He comes to Jesus because his brother Andrew comes to him and says, you got to meet this guy. Uh, and, and when he does meet Jesus, he... he it follows him immediately, but Jesus does this incredible miracle of catching all kinds of fish and says, look, you're going to be fisher of men. And, and so Peter is, is ready to follow. And as he's following Jesus, uh, Peter, because again of who he is, he kind of falls into that role of being kind of the leader of the twelve. Right? He, he's just always kind of the one that, that, uh, that speaks out. So Jesus tells a parable. And, and all the disciples are like, Okay, so what, what is he talking about, right? Peter is the guy that always says, So, Lord, can you explain that one to us? 
I mean, he's just willing to be human, flawed, and frail. Okay? And yet, he shows signs of incredible faith. He shows signs of incredible faith when he's with Jesus. So Jesus says to him one day, so who do people say that I am? All the other disciples, they play it safe. They say, well, you know, some people say you are John the Baptist or maybe Elijah or Jeremiah or, or, or some other prophet. But, but Simon Peter, he pipes up and says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He just kind of leaps into it and makes this incredible proclamation of faith. And you say, yeah, way to go, Peter, right? I mean, in spite of all his flaws, in spite of all his frailties, he has this moment where he just kind of steps out there and it's like, ah, there, that's what I want to be. And Jesus even, you know, affirms him for that and says, listen, from now on, you're Peter. You're going to be my rock. I'm going to build my church on the proclamation that you just made. The gates of hell are not going to stand against it. I'm going to build. And, and Peter, whatever you allow is going to be allowed. Whatever you don't allow is going to be not allowed. I mean, that's incredible affirmation followed by what we mentioned earlier, an incredible moment of failure. Now, this is a key point for us this morning. An incredible moment of, of failure. Jesus started explaining, listen, I'm going to be arrested. Uh, and Peter, in verse 22, it says, Peter took Jesus aside and told him to stop talking like that. He said, God would never let this happen to you, Lord. Now look at Jesus' response. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Satan, get away from me. You're in my way because you think like everyone else and not like God. What's Peter's problem in that moment? He's thinking like everybody else. He's thinking like the world and not thinking like God. Right? I mean, that's his problem. His problem is where his head is at. His problem is the position and the attitude of his, of his heart. And he's, he's thinking, no, God would never allow that. You can't let that. He's thinking like everybody else, Jesus says, instead of thinking the incredible thoughts about what God can do. Now hang on to that. That's important for us today. But what happens in Peter's life, as we get to the book of Acts, it seems, is an incredible transition. So we go from the experience of this, this kind of flawed Peter uh, in, in his time with Jesus, and, and then when you get into the book of Acts, after Jesus' death and resurrection, it's like a whole new guy. It's like you're experiencing a whole new person. So the day of Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit comes on him, and who is it but, but Peter that stands up and it says, Peter stood up with the eleven apostles and he spoke in a loud and clear voice to the crowd. Isn't that incredible? I mean, this is the guy that when Jesus was arrested, he had followed them to the temple, and, and there was a, a maid girl there. And the maid girl said, you're one of those, aren't you? Aren't you? You're one of those, aren't you? And Peter said, no, 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 not me, not me. No, 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 guy. A maid girl intimidated him. Now, it says he stood up and with a loud and clear voice. No quivering, no equivocating. He stands up loudly and boldly. What happened? I mean, you got to ask what happened, right? How did he go from the Peter that we just talked about to this, this Peter in the book of Acts 
who can stand up on that day and before it's all done, he convicts 3,000 people and convinces them about Jesus and their need to get baptized. How did Peter become such an incredible, powerful superhero of the first century? And it doesn't just stop with Peter just standing up on one day. Because right away in, in Acts 3, he goes from being just this guy who's standing up to this guy who's performing miracles. So he go, he's go, going to the temple. There's a lame guy there saying, hey, gimme, gimme, gimme. And Peter says, what? I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and start walking. And Peter took him by the right hand and helped him up. And at once the man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped up and he started walking. And he went with Peter and John in the temple walking, jumping and praising God. Peter now becomes this person who actually accomplishes incredible miracles. And the people rush at him right there too and they put him on the spot. And he doesn't cower. He doesn't back away. He begins to preach to them and he says, look, let me tell you, friends, why are you surprised at what's happened? Why, why are you staring at us? Do you think we have the power on our own? Don't think, don't think we were able to make this man walk because we're so religious. He right away stands up and points away from himself and starts pointing to Jesus. And he gets in their face. You rejected Jesus, who is holy and good. This is an incredible superhero, isn't it? This guy's gone from what we described before to this guy that stands up loudly and clearly to this guy that's now performing uh, miracles and who's willing to be confronted and gets in other people's faces about Jesus. And when it gets even tougher and opposition comes his way, he even takes the opposition. So he's arrested, he's brought before the leaders, and, and they say, listen, you guys are not supposed to talk about Jesus for any reason. For any reason. No more teaching anything about the name of Jesus. And Peter answers, answers the leaders, the Sanhedrin, the very people that convicted Jesus. Do you think God wants us to obey you or to obey him? We cannot keep quiet about what we've seen and what we've heard. What has happened? What has happened to Peter? He now becomes a guy who is willing to take shots. Now, Iron Man didn't stay in a nice, clean, glossy suit the whole time, right? I mean, his suit took shots. Peter now is willing to stand up and he's willing to take shots. And yet the truth remains and the leaders see the truth. The officials were amazed to see how brave Peter and John were. And they knew that these two apostles were only what? Ordinary men. Question still there, isn't it? How could an ordinary guy, with all his faults, all his frailties, become such an incredible first century superhero? The easy answer would to say would be to say, Why? Well, it's all about the suit. <laughs> I mean, how did Tony Stark become the incredible Iron Man. He put on the suit, right? I mean, no suit, no Iron Man. You just got the same old Tony Stark. But Tony Stark puts on the suit, and all of a sudden he becomes Iron Man. What happens to Peter? 
What happens to these first century guys? They put on the suit. They put on the suit. It says, as soon as Peter and John had been set free, they went back and told the others everything that the chief priests and the leaders had said to them. When the rest of the Lord's followers heard this, what did they do? They prayed together and said, Lord, listen to their threats. We are your servants. They put on the suit. Iron man is not iron man without the suit. And what's the suit? They prayed this. So make us brave enough to speak your message. Show your mighty power as we heal people and work miracles and wonders in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and bravely spoke God's message. What happened? Do you remember we were talking about earlier when, when Peter got in Jesus' face and said, Lord, this, this can't happen to you. And what was Jesus' response? Peter, you're thinking like what? Everybody else. And you're not thinking like God. You tell me, who are these people thinking like? Isn't that awesome? They are approaching their day. They are approaching the challenges. They are approaching the opposition. And they're thinking, God, give me the suit. Let me put on the suit. Because I know if I put on the power of the Holy Spirit, if I put on the suit, I'm going to be able to show your mighty power. I'm going to be able to heal people. And I'm going to be able to work wonders in the name of Jesus. They're thinking like God. Amen. What would happen if you and I today would put on the suit? See, we know the same thing. We know the very same thing that Peter and all those first century folks know. We know. Peter tells them over and over again when he's standing up in front of them, when he's accomplishing a miracle, he tells them, listen, the one you crucified, the one you killed, he rose again from the dead. You know that, right? We know that. We know the same truth he does. We have access to the same suit, to the same Holy Spirit. What do we need? Thinking. Godly thinking. What made Peter such an incredible superhero was he made that transition to not think the things of the world, to not think his own thoughts, but to keep his head and his heart in the position that said, I am here and sold out to make a difference for the kingdom of heaven. I am thinking God's thoughts. And look at what happened in Peter's life and the superhero he becomes. This is an awesome thing. A lot of people don't know this one out of Acts 5. It says, many men and women started having faith in the Lord. Then sick people brought out to the road and placed on cots and placed them on cots and mats. And it was hoped that Peter would walk by and his shadow would fall on them and heal them. Is that awesome? They just want the guy's shadow. That is how powerful. That is the superhero that Peter became for the cause of Christ. 
that his mere presence and the shadow he would cast would make an impact. He became Iron Man. You remember the end of the movie? The end of the movie, Peter starts standing up, the, the first movie, he's standing up at the podium and, and he's supposed to read the cards. Remember that? He's supposed to read the cards and, you know, the alibi thing, and, and, but he can't do that, right? And then he goes through this little dialogue and he says, yeah, you know, it would be silly to think that I was Iron Man. I mean, with all my faults and all my flaws and everybody knows all the mistakes I've made in life, it'd be silly, but it'd be fantastic. That's what he says. And then he is compelled to say what? I am Iron Man. Here's the deal. Are you compelled? Because you know Jesus Christ died and rose again to set you free. To live a powerful and impactful superhero life. And he's ready to give you the suit. Just start thinking. Tomorrow. When you approach the day, thinking about the signs and the wonders and the difference you can make for the kingdom of heaven, put on the suit, look in the mirror tomorrow morning, and say, I am Iron Man. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for the incredible opportunity that we have. It, it is amazing for us to think of what you can do in our life. It is amazing to think the, the, the power you're ready to just pour into us if we just get our heads in that place that thinks the thoughts that you would have us think. And that spirit just overflows into our life that we can be full and that we can put on that suit. And that every day we can, we can think about the difference we can make for the kingdom of heaven, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the changes that can happen. Lord, in that first century, you raised up Peter and, and others. In this century, raise us up. Raise us up. That we can be equally compelled to say, for our generation, we are that Iron Man. We are that Peter. We are that person called to make that kind of difference in the world. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.